Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach dedicated to inspiring women and the men who support them to rise up in life, love, and leadership. How many of you have ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? Is it just me, or does it feel like this whole coronavirus social distancing thing feels exactly like that movie? I mean, it's the same thing over and over again in my house. Sure, I can make up an excuse once a day to go out and buy something at the store, which I do. But otherwise, it can start to feel a bit repetitive and indefinite. Like, is this ever going to end? Well, today I'm excited for you to hear from Amy Paminsky. She's the host of the Feminine Frequency Podcast, and I believe she's going to give you some tools that will help you carefully choose your thoughts and words during this time. Amy is a speaker and coach who supports women to navigate anxiety, depression, and stress using a spiritual mindset approach that they can bring more light, joy, and ease into their lives. Amy's also the founder of the New Moon Collective, a community of women in San Diego who gather every new moon to connect in sisterhood and honor the cycle of the moons. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you that I've produced a free online resource called Cultivating Peace in Times of Disease. I invited nine female thought leaders to share their wisdom in response to the anxiety and fear of the coronavirus. And the featured guests include Morgan Harper Nichols, Reverend Sarah Heath, Stacey Robbins, Kate Krakow, Bailey T. Hurley, Lori Beth Aldridge, Dr. Lindsay Elmore, Christy Clover, and Kelsey Chapman. You do not want to miss these video interviews. I've also included the audio files so you can download those and, and walk around with them, or you can just watch the videos as you walk. This is a free online resource. It's available at insporising.com slash peace. That's insporising.com slash peace. All right, let's jump into this inspiring and thought-provoking conversation with Amy Pominsky. Well, Amy, I really do appreciate you taking some time to hang with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, so we are in a time of social distancing. You and I are very distant from one another, like an hour and a half. So I don't think (laughs) you're going to get me sick and I'm not going to get you sick. Um, I'm not sick to begin with, so we're good. But uh, we've got all kinds of fears and all these feelings that people are having. I mean, there is so much that's coming up for people. What are we afraid of these days? I think that most people are afraid of the unknown. And that's the overall scope of what's going on. Sure, people are afraid of potentially getting sick. They're afraid of maybe their parents or people that are vulnerable in their life passing away or having higher risk. I think that the underlying this uh, indefinite, this word that comes up when business owners are saying we're closed indefinitely, there's a sense of uncertainty on many levels, economically, um, socially, and things kind of seem like they're on at a pause, which I'm seeing as something really beautiful, as well as, you know, mostly this, this fear is coming up from the uncertainty. Our brain doesn't like that. Our primal brain, which is our second brain, is geared towards safety and security. And this is such a beautiful example right now where we can see how much humans like to control. 
we try to control things, we try to plan things. And this is one of the first times for many people where it feels like the rug has been taken out underneath them and they can't control things and they can't predict the future. And that brings up a survival mode, a, a lot of fear. And we go into worst case scenario if, if that's the automatic place that the mind goes for survival. Mm. Fear of the unknown. Yeah. And the indefinite pause. My wife has been, uh, she's a school teacher. And so it's kind of like, hey, we're out for two weeks. Now it's out until we're not sure. Indefinite just feels so overwhelming because I can't look to the end. You know, I think about as a kid, maybe looking forward to Christmas or something. It's like, okay, there's there's an end to this waiting. Mm -hmm. Now there's like this unknown end. Yeah. I think that the words that we use are so powerful. And I was watching a video earlier today by Danielle Laporte, and I actually haven't been watching that much on social media. I've pretty much been producing and creating and sharing new new opportunities to support people. But I did catch this video. And the words that we use are so powerful. So if we use the word social distancing versus physical distancing is a very different energy. Or if we use the word indefinite versus temporary, this is temporary. We just don't know when it's going to end. And for me, our language or it, it makes a difference in how we experience the world and how our mind processes things too. Yeah, boy, that feels totally different between indefinite, temporary. So people are fearful of the unknown. People are fearful of the temporary. <laughs> and we go to the worst case scenario oftentimes. Um, why, do, why is that that we go to the worst case scenario? Like, why wouldn't we just go to the, you know, like, oh, this is temporary. Like, this is going to be, we're going to have some fun with puzzles. It's going to be good. You yeah. Know, why, why, why do we go to the worst case scenario? There's a few different reasons. The first one that I would say is environment. What is What are we feeding our minds with? And the majority of the news, the majority of the media is coming from a very strict fear-based mindset. And when your mind is constantly fed that message, it's going to go into panic mode mm-hmm. because that's what it believes is true. And the news isn't always true. And I'm definitely taking this really seriously. I've been, you know, making sure that I'm at home. I'm really honoring the guidelines for myself, for other people. And at the same time, I feel really grounded and centered. And I'm very intentionally choosing what type of information that I'm allowing into my space. So that's one reason why that happens. The other reason why it happens when there's uncertainty, the mind goes into, let me keep myself safe. So it's actually a mechanism that's here to save us. It's here to protect us back in the day if we were running from a tiger or a bear or protecting ourselves physically. Yet if this temporary and indefinite goes on for weeks and months, if we constantly stay in that scarcity survival mode, it's going to start to have effects on like all areas of our life, on our health, on our relationships, on our sleep, so many things. And this is a really important time where the work that I do and the work that I teach, this is 
what it's designed for when Mm -hmm. we don't really know what's happening and being able to observe the mind and choose differently so that you can make choices from a place that actually is going to move you forward and support you instead of keep you stuck in the fear loop. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Very good. So when we start to have these fear-based thoughts, like we're getting fearful, we're getting overwhelmed, we're getting anxious, like what would you suggest that we do on a practical level? Like how can I, how can I help myself during those times? I think the first part is prevention, which is what I was sharing before, is really mm-hmm. limiting the amount of exposure that you have to the news. So this isn't about being irresponsible and ignorant and just avoidant. And this is really about, okay, How can I still stay up to date and get the information that I need to get without having the drama and the story that is being portrayed by the media? I mean, once a a day is probably enough in reality. Once a day and looking at the CDC website, getting an update. This is about consciously choosing what you want to engage with instead Mm -hmm. of letting everything else come into your mind and having no boundaries for mm-hmm. it. That's where, so I would say That's first prevention. Starting okay. prevention. Yeah. Starting with that. The next is a lot of times people don't even notice when they're in a fear-based state because it's a panic fight or flight mode. And the first step really is awareness is starting to be able to observe your thoughts and simply label and notice when it's happening. This is something that I learned from Tara Brock, who's an incredible meditation teacher, and she has a book called Radical Acceptance. Have you heard Mm -hmm. of that book before? Yeah, I've read it, yes. Yeah, so labeling is a term that even in psychology they use is noticing when you're afraid and simply saying like, I'm scared right now. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be scared right now. And what we want to do is welcome everything that's coming up. And knowing that maybe some days you might be afraid, some days you might feel lonely, but then there might be other days where you feel confident and you feel feel optimistic. And all of those are welcome. So it's really about getting familiar with what you're feeling. And a lot of people aren't used to doing that. They're used to zoning out, ignoring it by either eating or distracting themselves. And this is actually what I feel this time in history is so powerful. This is like the big pause to reevaluate, like, how are we doing things? So for people who are listening, the first thing is starting to be aware and just have some mental labeling of, okay, I'm afraid right now. And that's different to saying, um, I'm depressed, like associating with being depressed. But in this moment, I feel depressed right now. And that's a big difference as well. It is not like claiming and labeling yourself as someone who's depressed, right? So the labeling is important. And then I wanted to teach today a very powerful short breathing exercise that helps to calm down the nervous system. Because if your mind is racing, you also possibly have shortness of breath. Your heart might be racing. You might be sweaty, palms sweaty. And those are all signs that the body is also in a fight or flight. And using the breath is a great way to connect the mind and body and just calm down the whole system. So are you willing to play with me today? Let's do it. Oh yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. So if you're listening, I want you to actually do this exercise. So if it means you have to pause it and come back, that's fine. But I always tell people listening to guidance on a breathing exercise isn't the same as doing it. So um, let's all do it together. <laughs> so we'll just <laughs> we'll just take an, an exhale out, just letting the air come out. And then we're going to take an inhale for a count of three, and we're going to make the exhale longer. So the exhale will be a count of four. So we'll should start be, with the inhale. Should I be having my eyes closed or anything, hands up or anything? like? You can, you can do whatever you are most comfortable with. So some people, their eyes closed really freaks them out. Some people open. I generally close my eyes when I do breathing exercises. But I want you to know that you can do this no matter where you are, who you're with, what you're doing. This can be your own little practice. So you don't have to close your eyes if you feel like you can't in, in the moment. Okay, I just want to do it right. I want to get an A. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so we're making the inhale shorter than the exhale because when you elongate the exhale, it's actually a relaxing sensation and we're letting out more oxygen than we're taking in. And that's what calms the nervous system. So we'll do it three times together and I'll count for the first two. So we're going to start with an inhale through your nose. So a count of three, two, one. Exhale out your mouth for a count of four, three, two, one. Take another inhale for three counts. Exhale for four. And one more time. Inhale for three. Exhale for four. And then if your eyes are closed, you can open them. Just notice the feeling in your body, even, even if it's just a slight shift. And that's how powerful the breath can be. For some people, if you get a hang of this inhale for three, exhale for four, you can go for inhale for five, exhale for seven. So the count of three and four is not specifically what's important. It's the exhale is longer than the inhale. Mm -hmm. Also, counting your breath helps you to come to the present moment and focus on the counting instead of what's going on in your mind in that moment. At what point in your life did meditation become, you know, kind of a regular part of your, your daily living? Mm. So I had tried meditation on and off for quite some time. I had done yoga on and off, but it was never consistent. And that's the number one thing that people say about meditation is like, I've tried it, but I can't stay consistent with it. So that was the case for me. I found it really challenging. And it wasn't until I really needed it. And when I say needed it, meaning hit my own rock bottom with my own mental health. I had been mm. struggling with depression for a while. My life was very out of alignment with my truth, with who I really was. And I was going through a lot of self-discovery and it created a lot of anxiety and I ended up feeling like I had no choice. I would wake up at 4 a.m. and my heart would be racing and my mm. mind would be racing. And I was laying in bed and I had my dog sleeping in the room and I had my ex-husband sleeping in the room at the time. And you know, I would have to go into another room and sit on a meditation pillow because mm. I literally didn't know what else to do. Mm. And as I started to do that more frequently, I started with short meditations and then I would journal afterwards. And I kept doing guided meditations because that 
was the only way for me to not focus on the Mm -hmm. craziness that was happening in my mind. I read a really crazy statistic today that humans have um, our attention span is one second less than a goldfish. So a goldfish has eight second attention span and humans have seven, which is crazy. So your mind is going in like a million different places. And especially when you sit down to meditate, that's likely to happen. And so I started slow and I've been meditating now consistently for almost three years. And it honestly has changed my life. It has changed my mental health. It has changed my physical health in many ways as well. And what meditation does is it really helps you to separate from your thoughts and then be able to consciously choose instead Mm. of be controlled by your thoughts from Mm. like a mindset perspective. That's what it's doing. From a spiritual perspective, what meditation is doing is allow you to connect with your soul, your higher self, uh, your intuition. And then from a physical perspective, it's getting you connected to what's going on in your body and physiologically reducing your stress levels. There's lots of different benefits for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Just to clarify, because when you were telling the story about waking up at 4 a.m., you said you were laying there with your dog and your ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Which that would freak me out too if I was with my ex-spouse in bed, but I'm assuming they were currently with your spouse at the time. Correct. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. That would be a, cause a lot more anxiety. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. No wonder uh, you were freaking out. <laughs> yeah. So um, essentially I was living a picture perfect life, had done everything that I thought was supposed to make me happy, that was making everyone else happy. Hmm. And I found myself feeling very empty and feeling very stressed inside and lost inside and kept blaming myself. Like, why can't I just be happy? What's, Mm. what's wrong with me? And eventually my truth became, and my faith became greater than my fear Mm. and my, my faith in believing that I am worthy of being happy and that the universe didn't put me here to struggle and that there was something that was out of alignment. So Mm. yeah, it was a big, big, it was honestly the most challenging decision. And the biggest fear that I've ever faced in my life is fear of rejection, fear that Mm. my family would, would be very upset with me, fear of losing my identity of Mm. being a wife. And, and like, what, what does that mean for the rest of my life? What is my Mm -hmm. life going to look like? Fear of, losing a lot of people that I loved and cared about. And that is a lot of times a human, the biggest fear for people is fear of not being loved. Mm. Right. And that was my biggest fear. And I got to see that face to face and come, come, come in contact with my fear to be able to create the life that I have now, which was on the other side of fear. Mm hmm. It seems like a lot of us, if we want to make a big change in our lives, whether it's in regard to a relationship, um, faith that we grew up with, a job, you know, that maybe seems uh, steady or something you can count on or whatever it might be, there is a lot of fear around that, making that shift. And it seems like the fears are fear of failure, um, just in general, but also fear of rejection. You know, what are other people going to say about me wanting to make this big shift in my life, even though it's my life? Yeah, well, they say that public speaking is like the second most 
like feared thing other than death, it's because people are afraid of what other people are going to think. Like it, and I, you're totally right. When people are going to change jobs, they're like, or, or maybe start their own business. They're afraid of what their family is going to think, what, what other people are going to think. And this makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint. And we're going to, we can go down a tiny little rabbit hole here. But the reason why that is, is because as, as if you are rejected or if people are judging you, then you feel unloved. And as a baby, if you are unloved from your family, that means that you can't survive. Mm-hmm. It, you, you need love for survival. And so we attach on so much. It actually feels like it's an ego death for sure when you finally mm-hmm. do take the jump. But it feels so frightening. And another fear that comes up is the fear of rejection, fear of judgment, fear of failure, and then the fear of uncertainty. It's like, I don't know on their side, but my predictable job, I know that I'm getting a paycheck. Right. I know that I'm coming home if I'm married to the same person every night. Right. Mm-hmm. I know there, there's so many things that when there's predictability, we're safe. Mm-hmm. And when and there's not, we feel uncertain. Mm-hmm. It could be even as simple as someone listening, wanting to change their hairstyle or clothing style. You know, even just those simple things can feel overwhelming if we're constrained by the fears of what other people are going to say or think. The way that I work on and, and support women in really shifting this pattern is developing the self-worth, self-trust, and self-love to love yourself enough, to find value in yourself enough, to be your own biggest cheerleader so that no matter what other people think of you, that you know that you're honoring your truth because people are going to judge you no matter what. And they say, they might as well judge you for being who you actually are so that you're happy too. And that comes from within. We seek so much external validation. I see so many women wrapping their worthiness up in their work, up in their relationship, up in what they look like, and not really filling up with the self-love and the confidence and the worthiness to know that they can create a life that they love and that they can follow their dreams and actually listen to that voice inside of them that has been leading them and guiding them in a way. And maybe they haven't taken action on that yet. Mm -hmm. You um, strike me as someone who you've shared it, that you've gone through quite a bit of pain in your life and you seem to have a settledness, you know, within you. Um, even the idea of meditation and finding yourself being grounded in those ways. Um, and yet you seem to be pretty young. Um, all of those things are, I wouldn't say stereotypically associated with somebody who is younger, you know, unless they've gone through those painful experiences, mm-hmm. right? Because those painful experiences somehow either are going to drive us toward maybe ego, more ego-based decisions or something that's a bit more grounded or spiritual. Um, is that, do you find that to be true in the people that you're working with as well? Yeah, the majority of the women that I work with are in their 30s to 40s, even you know to 45. They have come a long way in their career. They make really great money. They 
feel like they climb the ladder to wherever and they finally get to a place where they have everything that they thought that they wanted and they feel unfulfilled. This was supposed to be great. This was what I thought I was aiming my whole life for, right? That's what we're taught. Um, What I like to say is that people have their own spiritual awakening and their own path in their own timing. Mm -hmm. And there is no right timing. I mean, there's people who have spiritual awakenings when they're 70 and they realize that they don't need to focus so much on their body and that they can actually just live their life and enjoy themselves, right? And there's, there's people who decide to, you know, travel at the age of 50 and travel the world and experience their freedom. And Some people may never make that shift in this lifetime. Who knows? But I do think that everyone has their own unique timing and that in order to get to this space, it it comes with overcoming certain challenges that, that asked me and asked people to find the tools and resources to then come back home to this grounded space. When you were making that shift, how many ever, you know, years ago, what did your family and friends say as you were making those shifts? And I don't mean necessarily just the ending of a marriage, but, you know, your own awakening. Like, what were the changes that they were seeing in you? How were they responding? I have never been so well-received in my entire life because it was the first time when I was being the real me and where it felt authentic without the masks and without the the keeping everything inside and the walls and all of that. And so it really provided an incredible opening. And sure, there were definitely some people who didn't come along with me and who had their own thoughts and opinions. And there were so many more people who came into my space that I didn't even, I don't know where they came from. Like me showing up as my authentic self, there was a physical shift in my body, both like physically how I felt and how I looked because I was carrying a lot of stress. I was carrying Mm. more weight than I normally do. And, um, I, I feel very, very fortunate that, you know, my family was very supportive and I think because I was being my authentic self that it was more inspiring than threatening to them, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think what comes to my mind is that you made it like, and you not only did you make it, but you're thriving. And so that Mm -hmm. the women who are listening today that are going, man, I want to make that shift, whatever that is to wholeness, health, um, groundedness. We're not suggesting you leave your marriage. That's not what we're suggesting at all. We're just suggesting that you find that path of transformation and health and wholeness and your authentic self that um, you'll make it like it is challenging. Um, You know, I had my own experience um, 12 years ago where I hit rock bottom and had to kind of find my self, um, again. And so it's hard, but mm-hmm. you can make it, you know, and whoever's with you is with you and new people will show up and mm-hmm. some people won't be able to make that transition. And that's painful and disappointing, but that's part of, part of the journey of becoming who you're meant to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that message. And I think that's so important. And yeah, I want to emphasize that this isn't about leaving a marriage or leaving a job. Actually, a lot of the women that I work with, they end up feeling 
more fulfilled in their job. They end up feeling more fulfilled in their marriage because they're able to be their authentic self, communicate their truth, and really get clear on what they actually want in their life. And that doesn't, that often doesn't mean making a radical change. And in some cases, it, it, it does mean that. So the, the change and the transformation is, is coming to a place where you can listen to your truth and live from that truth. And sometimes that just means having a much deeper, authentic relationship with your, with your partner or attracting a partner that is on the same that you've been wanting. That's a great match for you. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean, mean taking the leap always. Right. Right. No, that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. So I want to talk about um, living on a day-to-day basis right now during this temporary time of physical distancing. (laughs) Um, You've told us prevention. Okay. So, you know, the crazy thing about fear-based news is it causes me to be fearful and I feel like I need more of it in order to somehow, they're going to finally say something that's going to satisfy my fears, which in reality is not going to happen. It's just going to be more fear, 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 fear. So prevent, prevention, shutting that off, maybe checking in once a day. And then um, breathing, we can do breathing. Um, what else could we be doing or what are you doing on a daily basis that might be helpful for people to cultivate a positive mindset during this time? Sure, I can walk you through my day and I'm only going to share this from the perspective of these are some things that I was already doing before. So please honor what feels good for you and there's no need to do all of these things. I just want to give you kind of like a menu of what's possible. And then what's important is that you pick one or two things that you can actually implement and that you're excited about doing. So for me, what that looks like is waking up and doing a 20-minute meditation And then I get some movement in. So depending on the day, that might be going for a walk outside or it might be doing... I've been doing some online workout classes, which has been such a gift to be able to do that. So I've been doing some at-home workout classes or taking a yoga class. And then I will make myself a healthy meal, start my workday. And I always make sure that I get outside at least once a day. So I've been intentional about taking my lunch outside or making sure after I'm done with work, making sure that I get outside. That's really important for my mental health. And I think for everybody to get fresh air and being outdoors is is really powerful. So those are some of the things I think movement, uh, taking care of your body. I also have a cutoff time for screen time. So for me, that's 830. And that was even before this, but this is even more important because I could be on my computer working. I love what I do for work and I could really do this all day, right? But having some guidelines and boundaries around my time and really separating work from home stuff. So I'm not like doing laundry in the middle of the day. I'm, I'm really, you know, other than making, fixing myself some lunch, I'm, I'm really present with what I'm doing. And yeah, this time calls for even more grounding. And oftentimes when there's chaos, this is where people lose themselves and go back to emotional eating, online spending, isolating, zoning out on social media. And those are all coping mechanisms. So if you're doing that, just know that like it's a protection mechanism and there's nothing wrong with it. And this is a time where you have the opportunity to come back home to yourself and really take advantage of this time where 
you don't have to waste time driving to work and where you have some more time for yourself. And you seem to be pretty good with plants, I'm going to say. I love my plants. I never thought that I... I always used to kill plants. <laughs> but uh, anyone who can see the screen and watching this right now, um, I have. I really enjoy having plants in my house. And they're actually pretty low maintenance. I actually learned a tip from one of my friends. Uh, she said that you would rather underwater a plant than overwater a plant. And that overwatering watering plants actually kills them faster. So I have this thing that's like a, um, it's a really easy tool. I kind of feel like it's cheating, but it, it's kept my plants alive. But it's a moisture meter that you just put in the soil and then you can actually tell how dry the soil is. So I wait until it's pretty dry depending on the plant. And I just water my plants when they're thirsty. <laughs> what? How is this cheating? This yeah. just sounds like awesomeness. <laughs> That's like saying that you can get it for like 10 bucks on Amazon. It's the best. It, it honestly, I haven't kept plants alive until I started using this thing. A moisture meter. That's like using a turkey thermometer. Why would that be cheating? <laughs> I mean, you know? Yeah. Good for you. Well, they're beautiful. Okay. Well, so Thank you. you have all kinds of things happening. Um, you have the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Give us a quick description of that. Why should we listen? Yeah, that's one of my greatest joys right now. I'm really enjoying that version of self-expression and bringing other incredibly wise, intelligent guests on to share their gifts. So the Feminine Frequency Podcast is about illuminating and bringing to life the feminine energy within you. And we all have feminine energy, men and women. We have masculine and feminine. And the feminine is about slowing down. It's about listening to your intuition. It's about being in your body instead of being in your mind. Connect. It's about love and nourishment. And there's quite a big imbalance for most people in our current society where we've just been taught and trained to be in our masculine most of the time. So my intention with the Feminine Frequency podcast is to really bring more of that energy in and to allow women to discover and listen to their intuition, be more connected in their relationships. There's so many beautiful things that can happen when we actually slow down. So that's mostly what you'll find on the Feminine Frequency podcast. And if people live in San Diego or that uh, surrounding area, you have a, an actual physical gathering. I know you've kind of taken it virtual. Uh, now that things have gotten a little corona crazy, but uh, it's called the New Moon Collective. What is that all about? Yeah, so the New Moon Collective has moved online and it is, last night we had one and it was actually, we had someone from Singapore, had someone from Canada, New Mexico. So it actually provides for a lot of opportunity for people from all over the world to join and it's still super powerful. But it's an opportunity to bring women together in a really authentic space where they can be themselves. And I've had clients who have never, ever done anything like that before. And one of my clients told me last week that it was the first time where she felt like she was around other women, where she felt like she wasn't judged. Mm. And it's really for women who are committed to their own personal growth, who want to be part of community, who want to be part of 
an inspiring community and be intentional with their living. So the new moon is a time to set intentions, to celebrate yourself. And I walk everyone through a process where they get really clear on what their intention is for the month. And then also understand what is happening astrologically at that time to make some sense of everything that's going on. And then finally, uh, you've got a Facebook group called the Confidence Collective, which I know there's quite a few on Facebook. So we'll make sure we get the link to that, which will be in our show notes. Uh, All of the resources will be at amynatalieco.com. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and groundedness and these very simple, practical tips that we can utilize during this time. Um, and I yeah, just love, so love the welcome. breathing exercise. So that was super, super powerful. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And if anyone wants to get some guided meditations, I have a meditation bundle that will also I have a free gift for you to download five free meditations to really connect with your intuition and your confidence and getting out of overwhelm and anxiety. So those are some short meditations that you can enjoy as well. Femfrequencybundle.com. We can link that as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate it. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me on and thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amy. To learn more about her and find the links to all the resources that she mentioned, swipe up on your phone now or check out our website, insporising.com. As you go about your day, May you be mindful of your thoughts. May you be aware of the nuances of your words. And may you choose to focus on the beauty of the moment, even in the midst of the challenge that our world is facing. 